everybody. How's it going tonight? We are Run The Real, featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back with our new category. This week, we've got uh, Stephen King movies. Yeah, adaptations. Um, I guess they're all over the place. You know, I don't know how many of his books have been made into movies, but there's a bunch of them. Quite a few. There's so many Stephen King movies. Oh, my God. Like, it started way back in the 80s, I think, is when a bunch of them came out. You know, like Children of the Corn, Christine. I, I don't know exact time frame on all these. I haven't seen a lot of them, so I think... Terry and Fox are going to be our experts on this. Oh. Oh, my. The weight upon my shoulders. Upon Fox's shoulders, I should say. Here, Fox, hold this. Wait, what? But the, but the weight on, <laughs> on TV's shoulders, though, it's, it's so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Terry, you picked this first one, didn't you? I picked Christine. The old classic about the killer car. Thanks for doing the synopsis there. <laughs> That's <laughs> about all, all we need to know, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Solid. I guess. A nerd finds a car and he slowly starts to change as he fixes up this car. It's like it's, I don't know, corrupting him or something. And it might have a mind of its own as well. So um, this movie came out in 1983 and it was directed by uh, John Carpenter. If you don't know, he did like Halloween. You should know. Yeah, you should know. If you listen to this, you probably know who John Carpenter is. We love John Carpenter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 69% tomato meter, a 63% audience score. IMDb has a 6.7 out of 10 and a 57 meta score. So kind of all on that 6 out of 10 range pretty much. So, uh, well, what do you guys think about Christine? It's a nice car. It's really nice. Is it, though? Nobody in the movie seems to think it's nice. <laughs> Everybody hates that car. <laughs> they do. They're like, that thing's junk. Why do they hate that car so much? It seems like a nice car. It's because Arnie's spending all his time with that car and nobody else. They're jealous. So it's about... It's it's about the social implication, not the actual aesthetic and performance of the vehicle. Well... And I think they might just get, like, weird evil vibes from it or something. The way he's so obsessed with it, that's what I got from it. Arnie is so obsessed with this car, and everybody is notices that this is not a good influence on him. Yeah, Arnie keeps going for it. It's interesting watching the progression of the main character in this film, because he starts out as, like, the protagonist, but as the movie progresses, he becomes the villain of the film. You don't see that too often in movies, so I always like seeing it. It's interesting watching how different directors do that transformation in the films. Yeah, and I think he does a pretty good job of kind of changing his actions. The actor, he portrays it pretty well, I think, between nerdy and quote-unquote cool, kind of still <laughs> dorky cool, yeah. I guess, but a guy who thinks he's really cool, at least. <laughs> yeah, the, there you go. Emphasis on thinks he's really cool <laughs> by the end of it. Turns into like a greaser, a wannabe greaser. <laughs> yeah, no joke. You can tell from the gel in his hair. Yeah, it's all slicked back. The grease. So I'm just going to come out and say it. I did not buy the idea of the car <laughs> at all. Being sentient? Yeah, being sentient. I mean, I get that's not like the major focus of the movie. It's like on Arnie's character, but like it plays a part. I don't know. 
I just watched um, some like of those ghost hunter shows, you know, or ghost stories, and they're like, it's a haunted toaster. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. You know, it's, it's this one's like, it's a haunted car. And I'm like, whoop de doo. You know, I just don't buy that. Man, it's the one thing this movie asks you to like take for granted. Yeah, the one thing. It is kind of like the core aspect of the story. You know, it's it's just like, for me, Stephen King. You know, he's got, what, a vampire dishwasher or something, you know? Like a finger that comes out of the the sink, and you cut it off, and it comes back. I'm not a big Stephen King guy. (laughs) Like, his ideas are unique, I'll give him that. But I can't, you know, I just can't do it. What do you think about the Herbie movies? Well, I was like, you know, (laughs) five when I watched Herbie last. Well, no, there was the one with Lindsay Lohan. But I was watching that for uh, Lindsay Lohan at the time instead of uh, (laughs) the car. So what makes it different from like a haunted house and a haunted car? What makes it less ridiculous? Well... Unless you're talking like the animated movie Monster House, the house doesn't chase you down and pin you against the wall in an alleyway and cuts you in half. That's true. I feel like it should be noted that this isn't Stephen King's idea. In the book, the car is possessed by like an evil spirit, and in this, the car is just sentient without any kind of possession. Well, you can take it that it's possessed because no normal car is going to just start killing people well i mean in the book that it has like the mean brother i mean <laughs> is is the guy that's possessing it in this movie i took it as the movie was saying that this car was made bad like it was born that way because right off the production line it snaps somebody's fingers and it murders somebody inside so i don't think it was haunted necessarily i just think it was made that way well it was the only like red car on the assembly line too if that that's how you know it's evil that makes a difference yeah i don't know but i I don't know i yeah it cuts off the dude's finger at the start i guess i went in assuming that it would be like a possessed car and the movie doesn't lean one way or another it doesn't address that so it's kind of up to you do you want to take it as yeah the car is sentient itself or is it possessed by something and uh that's what's causing it to do. So I guess however you want to do it for me, I like to think that it's possessed by something. And then that kind of runs off onto Arnie's character and is a reason for why he turns evil at the end of the film. <laughs> He's getting possessed by it, too, at the same time. Yeah, I kind of saw it as like a succubus or something. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's kind of draining him and corrupting him. That He can't get enough of this car. And eventually, it's the death of him. I think even like we see it's Miles that's driven like the odometer or whatever, like going down mm-hmm. like as the film goes on. So it's like, I guess in a way, it's stealing Arnie's energy or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, my thoughts on this one. I've just been trying to think of how I, I want to say it. But Arnie's character didn't get, you know, weird enough for me until the last like probably 15 minutes of this movie i liked where he was at and that one he was more interesting and i would have liked him to get there a lot sooner than he did like he's subtly changing you know but that subtle change phase wasn't that interesting for me and the car i just wasn't buying it it does take a long time before things start happening in the film the only character who like goes through a major development is arnie in this film everybody else is pretty stagnant his character change is the main focus and it 
it takes the whole hour and 50 minutes for him to have his full transformation. And yeah, at the start, when he buys the car and starts, I guess, acting out and taking things into his own hands, it's interesting seeing him do that and kind of rebel against his parents. But nothing else is really happening during that part of the film to keep you interested. Yeah, you would think they would have had more car killing going on in this movie, but there's really only three deaths, I guess. Those are the best parts, too. They were the best shot. They were the creepiest parts of the film. It kind of, for me anyways, I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I absolutely love the part where Christine forces the guy into the alley and then can't get through and so just destroys herself just to get down there and kill the guy. I thought that was a really well done scene and it was real creepy because it's like this car is going to literally stop at nothing to kill these people even if it destroys itself in the process. And then the other scene when it's on fire and is chasing the big bully down the highway out in the middle of nowhere. That was awesome. I was like, I love this. That was so cool. I want more of that kind of stuff in this film. <laughs> I wish there was more car action going on. Could go for more car action and car kills. Because it's, it's well done. And I was not expecting that going into this film. Like, I was completely going in expecting this just to be ridiculous movie but that actually make you buy it at least for me john carpenter treats it serious the whole way through because he's so good behind the camera and doing all those creative shots with the car and everything it's like oh man this is actually pretty creepy <laughs> there's some pretty cool scenes with the car i do wish there's more like when it's rebuilding itself the first time it's just like such a well-framed shot there's like i guess three like super cool moments and yeah two of them you mentioned yeah with the crunching the guy and then the car on fire and then when it rebuilds itself and arnie's like staring at it through the headlights those are some epic shots the cinematography is just phenomenal throughout this movie with all the car shots. I mean, I don't know. Carpenter could have been like a car commercial like producer. <laughs> probably done even better for himself in life. <laughs> yeah, I really did like the lighting in this movie around the car when it shows up, you know, and it's kind of menacing in the distance. I didn't dislike this movie, but it just kind of seems to me like a movie I would have seen on AMC at like 11.30 p.m. and I fall asleep watching it, you know? That's not a bad way to describe it, I guess. Yeah, it's, it kind of feels like a midnight movie. I don't know if campy's the right word for it, but it eh. maybe feels a little campy, kind of. Like, I think it could feel campy, but the way John Carpenter presents it, I don't think it turns out that way. At least for me, I didn't feel like it was campy. I expected it to be, but after watching it, I was like, oh man, that is, that is creepy. And pretty serious the entire time, and it worked, which surprised me. <laughs> it is John Carpenter, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but he's got some stinkers, I guess, too. <laughs> he does, unfortunately. <laughs> Ugh. But I've always heard his style described as, yeah, like a, a B-movie if it had a higher budget and was taken seriously. Like, that's, his movies are always kind of this weird concept, like... Oh no, Satan's in a jar, but taken seriously, or there's a shape-shifting alien in Antarctica, but he, he, he plays it straight almost every time, and usually that turns out for the better, I think. Definitely for this movie, with the 
tone he was going for. It works really well. This movie feels like reading a book almost all the time, just from how slow it is and how meticulously detailed everything about Arnie's life is in the film. It feels like it was a book at one point, which I found was interesting and partly why the first half of it isn't as strong, I don't think. Well, I haven't read the book, but it feels to me like they are trying to pull a whole lot of stuff from the book and put it into that first half of the movie that didn't necessarily have to be in there, you know? They could have tightened it up and shortened the movie some, keep it a little more fast-paced. I think what's ironic is that there would have been a lot more car kills if they would have kept it like the book. Oh, really? Yeah, so, so in like um, what we were talking about earlier with the car being possessed in the book and not necessarily in this, in the book, it, it's literally just like a guy who likes to murder people and it doesn't like desperately crave Arnie's attention. It pretty much just wants to murder everyone. <laughs> huh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it kills a lot more people in the book than it does in the movie. You know, I think after hearing you say that, I like, the direction John Carpenter took with it because it gives it gives the car a motive and makes it more sinister that way as opposed to just going out and being Michael Myers and just killing everybody because you can. I mean, it works for Halloween, but I don't think it would work for <laughs> a killer car, <laughs> I guess. Plus, it plays on the old like 50s, 60s trope of men loving their cars and fixing them up and all the time and spending more time with the cars and with their family and things like that. So it has that going for it too. Yeah, I do like the personality of the car. I think that's a a good touch, the jealousy angle. I think it's interesting. I liked it the second time through even more. I gotta say, like knowing what it's gonna do and what its intentions are in each scene, you can even feel even more that it seems like the car kind of has a personality to it. Yeah, it's grown on me the more I've watched it as well. Because the first time I was like, okay, that was just all right. And then the second time I was like, you know, that's pretty good. And then this time I was like, yeah, you know, pretty solid. Not bad at all. But that's just me, I guess. How does it rank in your Carpenter movies, Terry? You know, I had a list, but I think I deleted it a while ago. I had made a a full list of my top John Carpenter movies ranked in order. But then I was like, I don't need this. (laughs) And deleted it. I think it's it's definitely not in the top five, probably. But uh, I would say it's probably six or seven. Uh, I'm trying to think of all his movies. I have to look at his IMDb. Phil's... This one's kind of around the um, the fog level for me. It's it's decent, yeah, but it's not like the best thing ever either. I was saying yesterday after we finished watching, I was like, you know, if you wouldn't have told me this was a Carpenter movie, I may have been able to figure out because there is a couple scenes in there that feel very Carpenter-esque. But on the whole, I would not have guessed that this was a Carpenter movie. I think you're right. I think the fact that he uses a lot of like classic 50s songs instead of his usual synthy stuff. Makes it feel a little different. But I think his like shot composition and stuff feels very Carpenter, and the lighting feels pretty Carpenter to me. And even the tone kind of does a little bit. I mean, I guess just all these old Stephen King movies, they all kind of look similar to me. Maybe they're copying Carpenter, but like Children of the Corn kind of has the same look to it. The old It. Kind of has the same look, I'd say, at times. I mean, obviously, this one looks 
a lot better and the lighting's a lot better. But I don't know, just the old Stephen King movies all kind of look like the same shot composition to me and stuff. I don't know. And I don't know. I think, I guess he always uses his like wide frame cameras or whatever, the full screen. What's that called? And so that always kind of gives it away for me too. I love that he does that. It looks so good. Yeah, well, every once in a while he sprinkles in his own yeah soundtrack music, which... I very much appreciate. I love his music so much. Oof, it's so good in this movie. Oh, man. See, I thought it was lackluster in this one, actually, compared to his other ones. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. When the, when it was there, it was good. And what like when it was his stuff, it was good. But, I mean, it doesn't compare to like The Thing or Halloween or like any of those ones, really. It's good, but... I could have used a lot more of it, I think, in this one. I kind of like the more subtle approach in this one. It's a little different than his usual kind of in-your-face, here's my song. <laughs> like, Yeah, <laughs> not like Prince of Darkness with the screaming synth. <laughs> yeah. Although I love Prince of Darkness's soundtrack. But yeah, I think it has its moments. I don't know if it's necessarily as strong, but I do kind of like that it's more kind of in the background and subtle. I guess the thing for me is I'm not going to remember the soundtrack of this film. Whereas I remember perfectly Halloween, The Thing, In the Mouth of Madness, like just for the example purposes. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I judge it and why I'm not as big a fan. He actually, he revamped the theme and I think his revamp of it is a lot better when he like re-recorded all his famous theme songs. Oh, okay. Is that the one in the music video? Yeah, I think his re-recording is a lot better than the one that's actually in the movie. I'll go listen to that then actually. Yeah, it's it's a really good song. Oh man. I think I would have liked it more in your face for some of it because it's a car killing people. I mean, <laughs> it's good when it's doing the subtle stuff, when it's like just creeping around at the corner of the frames and just sitting there. It was okay music wise, but I, I've heard his other stuff, so I was expecting some more out of it. Well, I mean, well, I think, uh, you know, I would have rather had his synth work than like the old tracks. I don't necessarily mind the real world music. Because I kind of feel like in a lot of ways, this movie is just like a dark coming of age film, you know? Like this could have turned out like Dazed and Confused or 16 Candles if it wasn't for the evil car showing up. I think that would have made Dazed and Confused a lot better for me if Christina just showed up. <laughs> oh, so sad. <laughs> I think that's also why it feels so slow, though, is because it's really a lot like Dazed and Confused in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's just a lot of like character moments, just people hanging out and talking and introducing everybody very slowly, getting to know everyone. See, I, I normally really like it when they take their time to flesh out and develop characters who are interesting. And Arnie's an interesting character for sure, but his castmates, on the other hand, are not very interesting at all, and their characters are not developed at all. It's all focused on Arnie. So he literally has no one else to play off of, really. I mean, there's some good banter between him and his uh, best friend, Dennis. But Dennis doesn't get any character development. Neither does his girlfriend, Lee. They, nobody else gets character development. It's all focused on Arnie. And that's why it feels so slow, I think, because... There's nobody else getting focused on really like he is. So I could have used 
a lot more character development with the other characters that balance it out and keep me interested the whole time. Yeah, I did notice that more this time, the jumping around. It kind of felt, I guess, kind of clunky where you'd be hanging out with Dennis for a while and then suddenly you'd be hanging out with Arnie again and be like, who are we trying to focus on here? Who's the main guy, you know? Who's the protagonist of this movie? It felt kind of weird, but it also kind of made me think of, yeah, like adapting a book, you know, how a book, a chapter is about following one dude and then the next chapter is a totally different dude walking around. But I don't know if that works so well with movies. It depends how they do it. Like, I know I haven't read Stephen King, any of his books, but I know that he's like meticulously detailed when it comes to developing his characters. So I'm like 100% sure, Fox, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I'm like 100% sure that Dennis and Lee were like super developed in the book and much more interesting than they are in the movie. Am I right with that? Dennis is at least. I've never been a big fan of Lee. Their relationship is also a lot more fleshed out, like starting as friends and then hooking up at the end, kind of like it is in the movie. I don't know. The movie makes them... (laughs) I don't know. Lee is like one of the most boringest characters in a film I've ever seen in this movie. Yeah, no joke. He doesn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Dennis doesn't really either, too. It's weird because most movies try to develop their three main cast members but this one just tries to develop arnie so it doesn't work as well yeah i mean their their like relationship at the end seems so forced to me in the movie she's like i'm scared in a bulldozer i guess we're dating now i don't know if they were dating though in this movie that's where it was going they were dating for a bit like because they were making out at the movies and going to the football games and stuff. So. Oh, I thought you were talking about Dennis and Lee. No, so yeah, Dennis and Lee. They never, like, actually kiss or hook up. I mean, she, They're like... definitely going towards hooking up, though. She's hanging on him, but it's, like, a scary moment. I don't know. I mean, obviously that's the next step, but they didn't kiss or anything in this movie, so they weren't dating or anything. They didn't hook up. I can't believe yeah. I'm gonna say it, guys. I think this movie would have been a lot better with a love triangle in it. (laughs) I can't believe I've said that. I feel like I've committed heresy or something just by stating those words, but I wanted something more than what I got with these characters. There is a love triangle. Christine, Lee, and Arnie. Oh, this is true. So, I needed another one with the human (laughs) characters and not the car. You heard it here first. Dan can never have too many love triangles. (laughs) He loves it. Now, that is for sure taken out of context. (laughs) Cut it up, Terry. (laughs) (laughs) It's too late. I have power now. He does. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of going back to what you said about it feeling clumsy at times. Terry, I 100% agree with that. And I think a lot of it has to do with the characters not being well developed as part of it. But a lot of the shot transitions, too, in this movie were really, really bad. Like the one that stands out to me is near the end when Lee calls Dennis to be like, hey, we got to help Arnie or something. And then Dennis is like, hey, well, come over and we can discuss it. And then the next shot is immediately she's at his house on the couch with him and they're talking. I was kind of like, whoa, what the heck? That was the worst one. But 
it did feel really clumsy because of shot transitions like that and the characters not being able to hold their own besides Arnie. So Yeah, I guess I didn't notice the editing too much on this, but now that you mentioned that one, now there's a kind of a weird transition. Usually there's like an exterior shot or something to kind of <laughs> introduce or I don't know. But And coming from John Carpenter, I was like, what the heck are you doing, man? <laughs> Definitely seems like he wasn't super stoked about making this movie. Maybe that he wanted to like uh, experiment with some shot composition, some lighting styles, maybe some different things. At least get something out of it in the process. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many good shots in here, too, especially with Christine, that I feel like he had to have wanted to do some of this anyways. I guess that's what I mean. Like, I feel like he like wanted to like do some cool shot work with cars. I feel like he enjoys cars, but I don't think he wanted to make a Stephen King adaptation. <laughs> I could see that, especially since he's like known for creating and doing his own things mostly. Yeah, and this was right after The Thing, which totally bombed. And so he was looking for anything to do after that. Oh, that makes sense. I always forget that The Thing bombed. Yeah, I know. It's so weird looking back. You're like, really? Nobody liked this movie? Yeah, it's, it's so good. Arguably his best movie. That happens to him all the time, too, which is yeah. so sad. <laughs> So unfair. So unfair. Poor guy. He's got so many good movies. I I just feel like everything was kind of just mediocre in this film for me. I don't don't know. Nothing really stood out for me that was super interesting. I just didn't buy the car idea. I I don't know. (laughs) I feel like that is the major, you know, like, like if you can't buy the car, then this whole movie is kind of like, well, now it's nothing, you know? Pretty much, That's like its yeah. whole premise. If you can't buy the premise, then that's a bad thing going against this movie. So, What what kept you from buying it, Mike? It's just, a, it's a car, you know? It, it's <laughs> a car. <laughs> I don't know. It, if they would have presented it more over the top, I think I would have been more about it. Like if it was chasing the, the bully down the road and the hood was flapping up like it was going to eat him or something, you know, while it was on fire. Oh, man. I don't know about this. Synth wave, you know, over the top of it, which is definitely not Carpenter's style. No. So you wanted um, you wanted it to be like the return of the living dead. Not necessarily like goofy like that. Not maybe over the top. Just I needed something more because I didn't buy the premise. Arnie didn't get interesting for me until like the last little bit when he was at the peak of his change. You know, side characters I could care less about. So it was just kind of watching stuff semi happen for an hour and 50 minutes, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I I just needed something more from it, I feel like, in all regards. You needed Carpenter the wink at you, let you know that that he knows you're in on the joke or something. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm having a lot of trouble getting across how I feel about this movie. I mean, it is ridiculous. A, A ghost car is weird, you know? I mean, I like those weird ideas. I, I'm I'm a fan of it. One of my favorite Stephen King short stories is, I think it's called like The Mangler or something. It's about a yeah washing machine that's been possessed by a demon or something. And I love it. I, I like these weird concepts, but I can see why other people wouldn't buy them as easily. I like how out there Stephen King gets <laughs> with his ideas, but I feel like a lot of his ideas are very good short stories, not 
long stories. Well, heck, uh, the number one rated movie on IMDb since I've been using the site is one of his short stories. So there you go. <laughs> I've not read a bunch of his books because I can't really get into them. I've tried. I just can't do it. And I know I'm in the minority there because most people love Stephen King. He's like the number one horror author <laughs> of all time. And he's got so many books. I don't think this movie needed to be an hour and 50 minutes. I think it could have been a very good, you know, hour and 20 minutes. Condense it down, beef up some of the other stuff. Cut out some of that opening. Put in some more of the car kills and like Fox said, are in the book. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know if you can necessarily give him too much credit or blame in the case of Christine since they changed a lot of things about the book into this one. Yeah, and see, that's where I don't know what they did, but like the whole concept is kind of similar, right? With the car's name Christine, it's... Yeah, the car that kills people, I guess, if that's the tagline, <laughs> car that kills people is <laughs> the that's, same. That's the logline, yeah. I don't know, I just didn't get a lot of the stuff I was thinking I'd get from this. I don't know. You know, I didn't come in with too many expectations at all. It just felt like something I'd fall asleep to, you know. So this is pretty slow. I do think they should have done some stuff to amp up the pacing a little bit. But I do like the character development that they do with Arnie. I, I, I'm interested in that. That's what keeps me invested in it. It is really good, too. And it, it, we've been um, comparing this to all of Carpenter's other films and saying how different this one is. And I mean, kind of the Mike's point, too, as far as how the film is paced, it's a whole lot different from Carpenter's other films because they're all real snappy. Stuff's always going down. Like in Halloween, you're seeing uh, Michael Myers out of the corner of your eye he's stalking somebody or we're introduced to a new location you're wondering where he's going to pop out or the thing you're always being set up to distrust somebody else and you don't know where the thing actually is or where it's going to pop out of and this one it doesn't have any of that in there like the tension comes in a little too late i think mm -hmm. yeah i think maybe they blew their load with Christine a little too early. I don't know. Because for me, the movie tries to focus more on Arnie than anything else. That's what I get out of it. And I think they should have put way more drama in there for him. Because some of the stuff that happens is kind of drama, you know. But mostly seems like major inconveniences that he's just a jerk about, you know. Yeah, because at the start when he's getting bullied by the guy and he has the knife pulled on him that was some good drama yeah yeah like you said the rest of it's just minor inconveniences really yeah it's like oh you had an argument with your girlfriend she's worried you spend too much time with your car whoop-de-doo we get it okay the car is changing arnie i i needed something more like maybe arnie kills somebody while he's not in the car you know maybe he kills the bully with a knife you know that would have been a much more interesting change for arnie for me, it would fit in too with the because the car is evil and that would fit in with that. The car goes out and I guess kills people on its own, but windshield's blacked out and Arnie's in it at the end, so maybe he was in it when it was 
killing people then too. I don't know. Which I don't think the car should have been doing all that stuff until maybe the last 30 minutes. And just focus on Arnie's character, throw in way more drama with him, and then the car starts doing weird stuff. Maybe keep it more... doesn't tell you one way or the other if the car's actually evil or if it's just Arnie changing himself. And then at the end be like, surprise, the car is a sentient thing or something. But Yeah, that's... I think I would have liked that a lot better. Cut it down 30 minutes and do that stuff with it. That would that'd be an interesting way to go about it. I don't know. I think it would. Yeah, I think that could work. I wouldn't mind that either, I don't think. But I really like the idea of the car going out and killing people since it was done so well. And I didn't. I didn't like that he was in it at the end. I wanted him to show up separately and see what was happening. Mm-hmm. If we look at. Well, I don't know if The Shining would be a good example to use here, because it is a Stephen King adaptation movie, but it's changed around a lot, and it's it's basically Kubrick's movie. I feel like it takes more of that approach, like um, Jack Nicholson's going insane, you know? Is it the hotel that's doing it to him? Is he just going stir-crazy, you know? It's more ambiguous, and I feel like that fits in with the character drama more. And that's what I think this movie was going for. At least that's how it felt to me, yeah. If they were to cut out, yeah, that beginning scene, it would have been a lot more ambiguous. But right away, you know, that car's evil as soon as it kills that guy. And it... I heard, maybe I read in the trivia that that was added in like later in production or something. I don't think it should have been. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind it, but yeah, I mean, the origin really doesn't matter in this movie at all. So I don't, yeah, why address it, I guess. I guess they just wanted to get to more car action right away because they knew you're going to have to wait an hour to get anything intense from it. Has anybody got anything else they want to talk about with this one? Or should we get into some overall presentation? I'm ready to move on. Let's do it. So we have a scale here. These parts, um, (laughs) it goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order from lowest to highest. Yeah, so that's what we do. That's how we rank them. All right. Well, I think I've pretty much said how I feel about this movie. <laughs> it's just very all-around mediocre for me. And uh, it's a movie that I could see myself falling asleep to on the couch. I feel like I could have been improved in ways I said earlier. Make it shorter. Make Arnie's uh, character more interesting with some drama that happens to him. Make it more ambiguous. That's what I think would have done it for me with this one. You know, I, I just can't get around the one principle of this movie that it's trying to get me to buy. I just can't do it. So, I mean, if you like John Carpenter, watch it. If you like Stephen King, watch it. But I got to give it a pass. I just didn't tickle my uh, Carpenter itch or my small Stephen King itch either. So. <laughs> Is it a scab? Is it more of a scab? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's a scab because I do like some of his stuff. You know, I just feel like a lot of his ideas go better with short stories, shorter stuff, you know? Yeah, I'm kind of torn on this one. You know, I know we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about the flaws and ways that it could be better, but that said, I, uh, this is the second time I've seen it, and I enjoyed it substantially more this time around than the first time. I don't know what it was, if it was just that I could pay more attention to the music and the shots and some more of the subtle plot points, but I thought it was awesome this time around. If you like Carpenter, I think this is a good one. If you like Cars, I think you'll like this movie. It's an awesome car movie. I gotta go with a buy, I think, you know? Whoa. I, uh, I'm kind of with Mad Mike on this. Like, I could fall asleep to this, but that's, like, a good thing for me, you know? I love sitting <laughs> on the couch at, like, midnight, just whatever, watching some old movie I've seen a thousand times. So I think 
in my mind, that merits it a buy for me. Yeah, this is probably one of the better Stephen King adaptions of all 49 film adaptions. I think this is definitely in the upper echelon of them. It does feel like an adaption. It still feels like a Stephen King book to me, um, while still feeling like a John Carpenter movie, which is interesting. I do agree it's kind of slow-paced. Maybe they could have left things more ambiguous. It might have made things more interesting. The car probably could have done some more stuff and not waited till an hour to do something. But overall, I really do like it. I'm with Fox on that. It has gotten better each time I've watched it. I think I'm going to give it a watch it, though. I don't think it's his best work, but it's definitely... If you are a John Carpenter fan, you should definitely check it out because it's pretty cool. So, I have not read any Stephen King books. Um, I've seen a few of the movies. I think I've seen um, the new It movie, Children of the Corn, uh, The Green Mile, Shawshank, of course, and then um, The Shining. So I've seen a few of his films. This one does feel a lot like his other movies, I guess, from story-wise and how the character development goes. So um, I was going into this with no expectations, really, because for me, Stephen King's just all over the place with the movies. I really like a couple of them, and then the rest are just like okay or not great. So I was going in with no expectations for this one. I thought it was pretty silly, actually, that he made something about a killer car. And then last week when you mentioned, Terry, that John Carpenter did it, I was like, oh, now I'm actually a little bit interested in it. And it ended up being better than what I was expecting, which was not much. (laughs) Like, I actually bought the car killing people. It had some really cool, really creative shots that are going to stick with me after watching it. But I do also think that there's a lot of things that could have been improved to make this better. It is above average movie, I think, like slightly. Kind of like The Fog I compared it to earlier. That's about how it falls for me for John Carpenter stuff. Uh, It's good, but it's like one you'll watch maybe once, or one I'll watch maybe One time, maybe a second time if I'm watching it with somebody, but I've seen it. I saw the good parts and I can move on with it. So I'm just, I'm going to give it a watch it, I think. I was thinking about a pass too, but some of those shots with the car were really creepy and really well done. And it's like, I'm going to remember those. Especially the, when Christine's on fire, that scene was really well done. I think it's worth watching just for the build-up to that alone. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a watch it. I was I was impressed a bit with this one. All right. So, that was a, a pass to watch it and a buy it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, Christine is run the reel certified as a watch. Yeah. Do it. Give it a go. Try it out. You might like it like me. Be like Dan. Yeah. yeah. Always aspire to Dan. Yeah, this is a good statement. (laughs) Who's got something in mind for next week? You know, I've got kind of a hankering to revisit Silver Bullet. I think it's been over a decade since I've seen that one. I have not seen it or read the book, so... I haven't read this one. I'm sure it's going to be great. (laughs) We'll see. Who doesn't love a good werewolf every now and then? And if you listeners have any recommendations for good Stephen King movies, maybe... 
stuff we haven't heard of or wouldn't expect, you can hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook at Run the Real, or you could even email us at Run the Real Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Did you like Christine? Do you think it's one of the better Stephen King movies? What is the best Stephen King movie? We want to know all these things. Or just ask us whatever you want, really. We don't care. Yeah. Let us know what your favorite Stephen King movie is. That's not uh, The Shining, The Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, or Carrie. Or or it. <laughs> or it. Yeah, don't give us the obvious answers. We want to know the deep cuts. Give us a B-real answer. We all know people like those movies. We want to know about the other ones. The underrated classics. There's 49, so even if you just got to... <laughs> Close your eyes and point at one. We want to know. (laughs) Yeah, what did you land on? (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Well, thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. This is Run the Real, signing off.